Watch and we're back again for another episode of the Watch Report. Yeah, let's go. Let's get excited. Let's get hyped up. Let's get amped up. I'm sorry for the three-day hiatus. I apologize. Stuff's been busy. We've been trying to make moves, but it's okay. It's all right. We do what we got to do. And again, in light of me being away for a little bit, Please, embolden me to continue to be more consistent by hitting the like button, subscribe, and sharing this wherever you go. Yeah, now I'm putting my plugs in first off in the video. We're going to get these likes up, my doggone it. I'm going to get this video on some traction, and I need y'all to help me out. So forget me waiting. Y'all ain't going to get no content till I plug my stinking show for y'all to share. <laughs> for you all to share. But, again, forget all of that. All we care about right now is discussing Game 4 of the NBA Finals, which, hap which happened eh, a couple days ago. Again, I apologize for the hiatus. I'm trying to get this out quick before Game 5 happens tonight. I'm going to give you my prediction as well as what the world and my analysis of what the world happened in Game 4. And first and foremost about Game 4, Steph Curry had an incredible performance, 43 points, the most in his playoff career. Phenomenal. But I don't want to touch on that. I don't even want to talk about that. I could care less about that in this situation. And not because it wasn't a fantastic performance. No. It's because of the fact that right now, when I, this was horrendous. This was horrible. This was utterly despicable for Golden State. This was a bad win for Golden State. Understand this. Yes, they won 107-97. I get that. I feel that. However, that doesn't negate the fact that they, in game four, they looked, oh, they looked bad. Oh, they looked horrible. They looked terrible as a team. Reason being is because, and we've talked about this before, one player, and that's Draymond Green. Again, this is not trying to be on the hate train. I've already given you everything I know he can do. I've already given you all the adulation that I know he deserves as a player from his IQ to his passing ability, ability to find cutters. He can orchestrate the offense without having the ball in his hand. He's a guy on defense. He's the anchor. I get that. However, this is a team that even in light of this win, and as much as we want to talk about, oh, what an incredible individual performance that Steph had, this was really, really bad for the rest of the squad. Klay Thompson was barely shooting 40%, shot 41% for the game. 7 for 17. Wiggins, 7 for 17. And nobody would say that that's, that's decent numbers, but if you were watching the game, it was Golden State looked rattled. They just could not get anything consistently together outside of Steph Curry. They couldn't. Otto Porter, 0 for 2. Kevon Looney. Uh, he had a, okay, he had a decent game, three for four. Gary Payton, two for three. But then if you watch that game, and this is where I've had conversations about how much I value the eye test when I'm watching a player or team or any given scenario. And I get that the eye test is value. I also understand it's not everything. You should never value it as the end-all, be-all. No, you should you just throw it away by the by the wayside as just some hodgepodge uh, 
I only look at the stats type of situation. No, that's absolutely stupid. You have to take everything in its context. And in certain situations, you can use those different perspectives when you view the game as adequate abilities that you can utilize to really break down what went wrong. They can be used as legitimate, um, how would you say, legitimate causes for whatever your perspective for, for whatever your perspective is. Excuse me for getting tongue-tied. Normally that doesn't happen. But when you watch that game and you saw what Golden State had to endure, especially late in the third and, and, and throughout the fourth quarter, they couldn't get anything, anything. One point it was tied like 89, 89, something like that. And neither team, it was just trading misses. Trading misses left, right, and center. Trading misses left, right, and center. Mind you, this is a team that I've said, you know, once they catch fire, oh, it's over. Once they have the third quarter explosion, uh, it's, it's, it's wraps. Because nine times out of ten, hey, they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done. But they looked, whoo. When I tell you every shot was a big shot in that fourth quarter, not just because it was the fourth quarter, not even just because of the NBA Finals and the setting, but more so because of the fact that both teams were desperate for some inkling of momentum. Desperate. Desperate. If you watch the game, nothing was falling at any consistent rate. Open threes weren't missing, or excuse me, weren't hitting, rather. Seems like even when you beat a man, you just couldn't get a good shot up off of um, beating your man outside of Steph, who was just, did everything. And outside, he is the only outlier in this game. Only outlier in this game. Everybody else, everybody else on both sides of the floor, it was a struggle. A struggle. A real struggle. This entire game, especially in the third and fourth quarter. But for Golden State specifically, this has me really concerned because what I said during the series, like I've said with one particular player, Draymond Green, this is why I'm on him so much when it comes to his production. Now, again, I get what he's done. I get what he can do. I understand exactly the type of player that he is. That still doesn't negate the fact that his role on this team, what he's asked to do, he is still not delivering. Now, why would you say that, Jean-Luc? You, you don't know what you're talking about, Jean-Luc. Jermon Green had eight assists, nine boards, four offensive rebounds. The brother did. You know, he, he is he's not a scorer. You know this. He's not a scorer. He's not the vocal point on offense for putting the ball in the bucket. So what are you getting on him for? He did his role. Did he not? Yes, he did his role. As a role player, he did his role. But as a quintessential piece to this offense, he did not do his role. Because regardless of what you want to say, regardless of what you want to say, he's got to be able to put the ball in the bucket with how valuable he is on the floor. He has to. 
Understand this. We talked about Dennis Rodman. No, no, we, excuse me. I take it back. We haven't talked about Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, people have been comparing him and Draymond, who is like, like the modern day, I guess, quote unquote, uh, dogs of this era's uh, basketball. Dennis Rodman, the defensive beast, rebounding juggernaut, one of the greatest defensive players in history. Draymond Green, modern day, one of the greatest defensive players we've had in the modern day NBA. Again, his role is just to do a few set things, not everything. They're very focused in his um, um, activities on the team, just like with Draymond Green. So we get that. That's why they're comparable. Or that's why people compare them. The only difference is Dennis Robin was what, what, from the jump, never asked to score. Never asked to score. From the get-go in his career, was never a score. Never a score. Never a score. Never a score. So when he did what he did, nobody looked at the points and said, you know, anything. Because he was getting you 22 rebounds, 19 rebounds. He, he, was, he was leading the league in rebounding and was one of the best defensive players in the league. And he, and, but again, from the this is where I need you all to hear this. From the jump, he was not a scorer. That was never his role when he got into the league. Draymond Green, for a number of years, during the Golden State Warriors' dominant reign of winning or getting two championships, was a player that, despite what you want to say about his role now, had the role, especially now that we're back to the days without Kevin Durant, so he's more. So this is in the era of the 2016-2015 um, time of Golden State. At that point in time, he was the third option for the team. At minimum, the fourth, but he could turn it on and become the third. There was no reason in the world that he should be putting up these types of numbers now when... 2016, again, in the finals, game seven, he had 32. I got people arguing with me to this day that Draymond Green was playing in game uh, uh, six or five whenever he got suspended. Oh, Cavaliers wouldn't have won that. Oh, LeBron wouldn't have gotten that ring. To this day. To this day. People keep telling me that. It's because, oh, he would have scored. da 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 Or whatever. He would have given, given you 25 and 5, 24, 9, and 8, or whatever the word they want to say his numbers is. Numbers were. And again, in game seven, he showed up 32 points. What was it 15 rebounds? Eight assists or five assists? Only missed like two threes? Again, at that point in time, he was. A vocal point to be able to put the ball in the bucket. He was reliable. He keeps saying that he trains to put up shots when the time calls for it. That was true up until 2016. Since 2016, that brother has not has lost all of his ability to score. Everything, everything about his ability to put the ball in the bucket has become obsolete. Everything has become obsolete with him and, and actually scoring points. 
And that's what made him so valuable. He was able to give you 14 to 15 on average. And if he bumped it up, excuse me, he was able to give you 10 to 12, maybe 10 to 15 on average, along with eight assists, nine boards, six assists, 12 boards. However, now he doesn't have that scoring option at all in him. It's gone. It's absolutely gone. So because it's gone, what does that mean for him? Now everything that made him potent and made that offense a legitimate threat, one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen, is now incredibly hindered, if not completely altered entirely. Because of the fact that you are not able to even do the simplest thing on your own volition. He put up, he had two points last game. He went one for seven. This is a man who is only who, who has one job put back in open threes. That's all he's asked to do when it comes to score. That's it. That is it. That's it. And he can't even do that. So I don't want to hear that his role. Oh, he's never been a scorer. No, he's never been a dominant scorer. No, he's never been a good scorer. That's never been his role. But the production was still better than it was now. And that slightly better production, excuse me, not slightly. Because at this point, anything is better than what the world Draymond Green is doing right now in this series. But that production that he used to have in 2016, if you even had half of that now, we'd be looking at, again, a dominant victory for Golden State. A ton of momentum going into game five. And shoot, if he was playing like he should be playing on the offensive end, in terms of individually being able to put the ball in the bucket and not having his defender have the luxury to go ahead and sit all the way back, only look at Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and help on whoever they want to help on, causing your offense as a whole to become really, or to not, not really, but to become harder to execute on a consistent basis. Especially if everybody isn't able to hit, just like we saw in game four. Just like we saw in game four. When people got cold, they had Bialita. I believe I'm saying his name right. Excuse me if I'm not. Apologize if I'm not. They had, they had Bialita. The white guy. So again, I apologize. I can't say his name right. So sorry. I believe it's Bialika. Bialika. That's it. Bialika. They had him in there. Just to try to offset or give something. Because at least if he can't do nothing else, he can at least shoot. He's at least a threat for that. He's at least a threat for that. Yeah, he didn't hit a shot in this game. Understandable. Doesn't have a big role. But again, his only role was to just give you something. Give the star players a rest, and if you have an open three, take it. Jamon Green, in light of everything else that he has a responsibility to do, that still doesn't negate the fact that this game, would, one, would not have been as close, and two, is still on his head, and on his responsibility to do. 
which is he's got to be able to take advantage of scoring opportunities that he has at his leisure. Because his lack of ability to score, excuse me, his lack of ability to score has subsequently caused many of his on-court values to be diminished because of the fact that now when, it, when there's an easy attempt, the defense is more likely to go out in transition rather than having to close out on you. It's causing for more fast break opportunities. In terms of, they, they, they don't have to switch when you have the ball. They don't have to do anything. They don't even have to defend. Half the time, they can just stand there. Draymond's inability to get to get offense on his own volition is a real big hindrance for this team. It is. It is. Undoubtedly so it is. Be glad that Boston wasn't able to capitalize on not only Draymond Green's performance, but everything as a whole that the Warriors were messing up on in that game. Because, shoot, they'd be up by now. They would be up by, they would be up by now in this series. And we'd be having a completely different conversation if Golden State had lost this game. Completely different conversation. This is why I don't, this is why I get on Draymond Green. Not that I don't like him. He's not my favorite player. But I, don't, I do respect him. I do respect everything that he brings. Just like with Marcus Smart on the defensive end and how great he is. Again, one defensive player of the year. How great he is. What have I said about Marcus Smart? For those who know me and those who've seen this show, I've consistently said that you consistently make all of your contributions on the defensive end that you're known for, null and void by your inability to put up consistent offense on the offensive end. Now, when you're on, hey, you're golden. You're good. You're, 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 it's phenomenal. All of a sudden, that, the Celtics have a whole new burst of energy. Now they seem unstoppable. And you're just hitting open shots. But when you can't hit stuff, when you go three for nine, shooting below 30% from three, you go into traffic and make a dumb a shot attempt or layup. Make a dumb decision and turn over the ball like you are prone to do. Again, talking about Marcus Smart. You make everything that you, that you are known for and everything that you've done in the game null and void. Be elite's a perfect example. You saw him. He got the steal on Jalen Brown. Even though Jalen Brown dribbled it off of his foot, you got the steal. You went in transition. By the time you got to the other end of the floor, it was already Celtic the ball again because he turned it over. Completely nullifying the exact play that would that was had everybody around me that was watching the game gasp and say, oh shoot. Because if he had been able to capitalize and score. Up the 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 tie, or the 
the stagnation in the Warriors' offense at that point in time would have felt like, oh, it just got lifted. Some of we 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 got an opportunity. We capitalized. We got them. We got a slight bit of momentum. We can take that and run. But immediately because of a dumb turnover, he could have slowed down the ball. He could have waited until the rest of the offense came down. He could have even tried to just post up. He's got size. He had somebody that was small to him on him. I wouldn't have wanted him to, but hey, anything was better than just trying to straight up drive and flail for a foul when you know that's, you know, for a player of your caliber, just don't do that. He, he immediately, boom. Everybody was like, ah, oh, dang it. Ah, oh, shoot. Ah, oh, we're back to zero again. We could have had something. Now, if anything, now we got to work harder to get back up because an easy opportunity we missed. That's what Draymond Green's play on the offensive end is doing. Yes, he gets his eight assists. Yes, he gets his nine boards. But the very fact that they are still close should show you that despite all of these numbers that he's putting up, which are good in terms of him playing his role, you have to be able to score because you, at the end of the day, are still the heart and soul of this team. That's a fact. You are still a leader. And regardless of what anybody says about his skill set, role, or otherwise, when it comes down to it, you have to be able to because you are Again, one of the three big pieces on this team. You have to be able to say, I'm going to get my team's momentum back. That's one of the small things that you do. Every shot that you make at this point is a big shot because you can't make shots. You want to talk about you want to affect the game. That's exactly how you affect the game. I'm not saying scoring is everything. But what I am saying is, when everybody else is going cold late in the game, this is what I just, I said this with Lex. You could be your biggest hindrance as a player when you can't put the ball in the bucket, yet you're seen as one of the most vital offensive pieces to get this offense running. That is what Draymond is. You call him the facilitator. Again, I said at the top of the show, he's one of the smartest players in the league. He knows the game. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm not taking anything away from him in terms of his ability to play. But I am going to take it away from him his responsibility to live up to what his role is. You've got to be able to, you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to, you can't sit up here and say, I train to make shots. When I'm called on, and then you don't make the shots when you're called on. And now you seems like you're timid, you're frazzled, you're scared. All of a sudden, the heart of the team is starting to beat a lot quicker. You don't got that same calm, poised aggression. All right, well, excuse me, let me take that back. You never had, you've never had calm aggression. But we've seen you when you get upset, mad, or hot, 
or angry, or whatever the word you want to call Draymond Green's actions, when he gets aggressive. Normally people point, point to that aggression as a great thing for the team. But now, if you saw in game four, he was not himself. I don't know what he's got to Ben Simmons thing and he's scared to shoot. Well, excuse me, of course he ain't scared to shoot. Well, no, excuse me, I take it back. No, he is scared to shoot. He is scared to shoot. It seems he's the or, or, because even though he's putting up shots, everything about him just seems off. Everything about him seems off. He's scared to shoot, not in terms of he doesn't want to put up shots. It doesn't have the same thing as Ben Simmons, even though he did a couple games ago, in terms of not putting up shots. But normally, he doesn't have that just roadblock to where I can't physically put up a shot. I'm not saying he has that. What I'm saying is the confidence that I used to see him pull up for when back in 2016, 2015, that same level of confidence of, okay, yeah, I got this. Gone. Gone. He's never had bad form. He's never had good form. Excuse me. Let me take that back. We always make we all make the jokes. He shoots like he has a book bag on. Okay, understandable. Yes, he does. But it used to be that he looked confident when he took it, and it went in. Now even the body language before he takes the shot, it's just like I'm, he's just uncomfortable. He's just, it's just ah. He just looks. It used to just look bad because of form. But now it looks bad because everything leading up to the shot is just not pretty. There's no confidence. It's lackluster. You're almost expecting it to miss. Every time Draymond Green takes a shot, not only in this series, but for the past couple years after 2016, it has been deemed a good possession. I don't care if it's a layup. It's been deemed a good possession for the offense. They can break down. If it was Draymond Green taking the shot, that's a good possession. At this point, if he gets a board and puts it back up, that's a better but that that's a better possession than anything else that the Warriors could do. Because of the fact that it's more likely that he'll miss the easy stuff. And he ain't making the hard stuff either. So he's just going to miss in general. And now they can focus on other players. Now they can make, they can curtail their defense to better ignore Draymond as any potential threat. Make his passing less effective because now you got more people on you. I'm not trying to make this a hate train for Draymond Green. It's not what I'm doing. But there has to be an understanding of what his value is as a player on Golden State. It's big enough. His value, mind you, is big enough and substantial enough that when it goes in the other direction, it's felt throughout the entire team. When his value isn't being lived up to in terms of what his actual potential to do 
at his best, we've seen him put up, again, 32, 15, and 5. We've seen that in this very setting. In this very setting, we've seen that. So we can't say he can't live up to it. Don't bring age into it either. Don't bring age into it. Because again, the one thing that you can do, regardless of your age, is shoot. Or you should be able to do is shoot. Because it ain't stopping you from banging down low. It ain't stopping you from being an effective thinker. It ain't stopping you from outsmarting opponents. We still, to this day, even as you're up, getting up in age, we still say, hey, you are a valuable piece on this team. So don't use age as, oh, that's why his offensive ability is. Don't use that. No. Don't give him an excuse because it's not an excuse. Because he's shown he can step up in big games. Now was the time for you to step up. If you don't, this loss is going to be on you. That performance Steph Curry had, it's going to be on you. That, that amounted to nothing. It's going to be on you. I don't care if I'm harsh. I don't care if it's rude. I don't care if you think I'm being too brash. It, it's, a, it's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. Draymond Green is one of the biggest assets for this Golden State squad. He's one of the main reasons why they got here. But like I said when I had Lex on my show a couple episodes ago, he's the reason he can be your biggest asset as well as your biggest hindrance at any given point in time because of his inability to score. Because if everybody else is not hitting, and now they need you to be able to make something when you have an open shot, he's more likely to miss than he is to hit. It's the truth. Stats say it and the eye test say it. Both of those, both of those separate perspectives, the eye test and statistics, they match up when it comes to what I'm talking about with Draymond Green. They match up. Do you understand this about game four? If Steph Curry had had 30, they would have lost this game. Oh, the score 107. In fact, let me let me let me check real quick just to make sure that I got the score right. Because I believe. Yep. 107 to 97. Steph had 43. Steph had 43. In fact, in fact, let, let me let me see. 107. If he if he had scored 30 points. They probably would have lost. They probably would have lost. A 30 point game, and they would have lost. So let me make sure I got this right. 107, 106, Steph Curry scored 13 less points and just ended the game scoring 30. They would have lost 94-97. They would have lost 94-97. That's why I'm saying this loss is so bad. 
Because if Steph has 30, you would expect Golden State, oh, we're good. We're good. If Steph has 30. Normally, if any, on any team, if Steph's got 30, we're saying he's cooking. You were saying he had a phenomenal game. We're saying this is the Steph night. Well, that's, what, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And you notice what we're doing. If Steph had 30 points, Golden State still could have lost, would have lost this game. And that's where the problem lies with Golden State right now. You can't stop anybody. And, every, and we've seen a bunch of inconsistent play from a lot of players. From a lot of players. A lot of players. This, this series. I get this is the best defensive team in the East and arguably in the league. I get that. That's a, that still does not negate the fact that we are seeing plot holes. Not plot holes, excuse me. Plot holes in Golden State. Now, many people chose to ignore it. But now they're popping up. This was an ugly win. This was the worst loss for the Boston Celtics. They, again, Steph could have had 30 points. If Steph had only scored 30 points, Golden State would have lost this game. They play like that. They barely win with Steph having 43. If he had scored 30, they would have lost by three. And they were having an abysmal fourth quarter. Every The whole game, the, that whole quarter just seemed bad. I was even sitting with one of my friends who's a Golden State fan. They were like, this is, this is horrible. This is terrible. They, they, they look, he, he said they looked horrible. He's a diehard Golden State fan. He said this was, this is, this is horrendous. I was, I was his feelings watching this game. And Boston still couldn't capitalize. This is where the questions come for Boston. Switching gears. Every time I think they've gotten over the hump, something shows me that they're still not there yet. This is why I have them losing in six games. This was an horrendous offensive performance. All-around performance by Golden State, and the Celtics still wasn't, weren't able to do anything. Think about that. They could have been up. They could have been up. They could have been up going into game five. But something about Boston somehow continues to blow my expectations in the worst ways. I say they found a seventh gear. Boom. All of a sudden, now, now, now I'm thinking that was just a one-time thing. I say that they have the ability to kill when it's time to kill, now I'm thinking that they, they, they can't get it done. I want to feel like Boston can win this series. I want to feel like Boston can win this series. I really do. But Jason Tatum having horrible fourth quarter performances, 
only make, I believe he only had nine shots or made nine shots in this game. Yep. Excuse me. He went eight for 23. Jalen Brown surprisingly had a bad game, and I shouldn't be saying that. Jason Taylor went eight for 23 and missed Lord knows how many shots in the fourth. Jason Tatum, not Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown had the off night bad game in terms of what it's been throughout this entire series. Jalen Brown's been the most consistent player on Boston. Yes, Jalen Brown's been the most consistent player on the Boston Celtics. The most consistent player on the Boston Celtics this entire series. Say what you want. I don't care. He's been the most consistent offensive player the Celtics have had this entire series. And that's a problem. Jason Taylor, for some reason, first I got on you on having a, a bad first half and a good second half. Now you're having a good second half and a bad first half. Excuse me. Did I say that right? Bad first half, good second half. Now you're having a good second half. Or excuse me, a good first half and a bad second half. Yes, yes, I, yeah, I said that right. Okay, yeah, okay, we got it. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yes, yes, I'm so good. Clap it up. I finally got my words together. So <laughs> let, me, let me try this again to make sure I got this right. Jason Tatum, I got on him for having bad first halves in this final series and then making up for it in the second half. Now it's flipped. He'll have a decent first half and then having a, a horrible second half. And in the fourth quarter, stuff seems really off with him. I like that they're trying to play isolation play. I like to try and take, take advantage of mismatches. Only problem is Jason Tatum is playing way too fast for his own good in the fourth quarter. He is rushing himself if you watch him play. And that is not what you need to do at your size and skill set. Especially against a team like Golden State. You want to take advantage of mismatches, but you're taking advantage of You're trying to do it too quickly. You're trying to accelerate breaking down your opponent. And putting the ball in the bucket. When if you just took your time, you would get a lot more efficient shots. You would draw in more doubles. You would have a better, you would have easier times finding shooters on the outside when you get doubled. Everything opens up if you just slow down. If you just slow down, that's what you have to do. You have to slow down. You can't be playing that fast and losing yourself in the moment of saying, I got to score, I got to score. Okay, you got to score. Take your time. Because you can score. Your ability as you in a place where you can put the ball in the, in the bucket almost any time you want against whoever you want. Nearly. I'm not calling you Kevin Durant. I'm not calling you LeBron. But I am. I do know that your offensive bag is elite. And you have a very diverse skill set. But if you're, the way you're playing, right now you're rushing that skill set to where you can't use it to its fullest extent. 
not giving yourself the opportunity to get to get to your spot and let you meld yourself into the position that you want to be into to put the ball in the book. That is the identity of a great scorer. That's the identity of a, of somebody that people look at and say they're unstoppable. When you're able to utilize everything at your disposal, from speed, change your pace, athleticism, height, and don't let anybody else dictate how fast you're going to move. That's why Luca is so great. That's why Luca is so great. That's why he's the best young player in the league. Forget John Murray. Forget Jason Taylor. Forget Devin Booker. Forget all of them. The reason why he is so great, and you can say what you want about his defensive ability, but his whole offense is predicated, is predicated around the dedication that I will play at my own pace, whether you like it or not. And there's not one thing you can do to get me out of it. Not one. Not one. And that's what Jason Tatum can do. He's not as great of an offensive player as, as, as Luka. Understandable. Nearly nobody is in the league. Not just as a young player. But him, he can still take that same discipline and apply that to his game. That'll, let, that'll make it say he's not shooting four for ten in a half, in a half or eight for 23 for a game. Having six turnovers. Again, you have that ability and you need to utilize that in taking your time and utilizing your gifts both physically and just as a scorer in general to get to your spots at your own pace. Because notice, that's what Jokic did. Jokic didn't have a, not one thing around. Aaron Gordon wet the bed. Aaron Gordon throw him in the trash for how he played in that series in Golden State. That was absolutely horrendous. That was horrible. whole reason why I was excited for him going to the Nuggets was because of the fact, no, he's got a good team and he can run and fully utilize his athleticism. Now that he's a, alongside a real number one star, not just him being the guy, or rather him him and, and Vucevic vying for who's the guy, even though it was Vucevic the entire time. It was incredibly closer in terms of who the, who the world is the best offensive threat on that team when he was on Orlando. Now, there is no distinction. It's, it's Jokic. Because of, that, because of that being the case, Aaron Gordon gets put under a shadow. And with him being under a shadow, now he can thrive. That's what it should have been. Now I can use, use my athleticism to the fullest extent. Because everybody's focused on him. And I'm 6'10". And I can jump out the gym. And I got a shot. And I can out-muscle you. But what happened, everything felt rushed. Same exact thing. Same exact thing I'm saying about Jason Tatum right now. Everything about his game felt rushed in that series against Golden State. Everything. I get that, everybody, that a bunch of people were injured. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, I get that. I understand that. Not 
I'm not, again, I'm not discrediting Jokic's performance nor denying the reality of the situation for the Nuggets. I will say, though, individually, the point still stands for how Aaron Gordon played in that series and how Jason Tatum is playing right now. And Jason Tatum, you can't afford that because you are the best player on this team. You are the best player on this team. Understand that taking your time leads to getting to the foul line because your defender gets impatient. That's why Jokic goes to the line so much. That's why Al Horford, when he's on, goes to the line so much. It ain't just because of his size. It's because he moves at his own place. When he wants to move fast and get to where he wants to go, he does that. LeBron, KD, shoot, Devin Booker. Now, got my, I have, I have my qualms with Devin Booker, but I can say that about him. He will play at his own pace. And Luca is the epitome. Him and LeBron, the epitome of 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 setting my way of play. In solid granite, so that nobody else can change it. Stake my flagpole in the center of the court. This is what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna do it at this speed. And not one thing anybody can do about it. That's what Jason Tatum has to be able to do if he wants to really open up what he can do offensively against this Golden State squad. Because right now, the way you're playing right now, you're going to lose this series. You're going to lose this series. You are going to lose this series. And you're going to look back and you're going to say, what could I have done better? You know exactly what you could have done better. You let them let you let Golden State make you play outside of your own pace. You let them make you speed up and get uncomfortable with what you wanted to do. You let Golden State, who is undersized in any match or virtually any matchup against you, make you feel small, make you feel overwhelmed, make you feel rushed. And that's exactly why you had the game that you had. It's exactly why you went 8 for 23. It's telling you Jason Tate's been doing a lot of stuff right that I didn't think he was going to be able to do, like become a passer, like be dedicated to the boards. I give credit where credit is due, but also the critique is still justified. You have to be able to play at your own pace and rhythm and commit to that and not let anybody else shake you if you want a shot at winning this title. Because again, if you had just slowed down, y'all probably would have been able to take advantage of that deadlock that you had with Golden State late in the game. When nobody could put anything in outside of Steph. So we're going to have to see if that happens in game five. Game five, I got Golden State winning. Because, uh, because of what happened in game four. And they 
and, and the Celtics still weren't able to pull away when it was tied. They still weren't able to get themselves in a position where you got rhythm. Jason Tatum, when everything was going wrong for Golden State and there was no momentum at all, you still let them frazzle you? You still didn't take advantage of the mismatches at your own pace? You still got Jalen Brown, who is, again, playing exceptionally well, be the more consistent player when it comes to putting the ball in the bucket? It can't, it can't be. It can't be. Because everybody's not going to be off like they were. Most likely. You can't bank on Golden State having the same type of night that they did tonight. Or that they did last night, rather. Not last night, last game. Excuse me. You can't, you can't expect Golden State to have the same inconsistent scoring. On a nightly basis, every game. You, you can't. Now, I'm not saying Steph's going to have 30. But Clay also is going to have 17. More likely than not. Up until this point, there's been, there's been a lot of flux with Golden State. And how they play. Outside of Steph, it's been a lot of flux. You just about don't know what type of Golden State you're going to get. And I've never said that. I've never said that. You don't know what type of Golden State you're going to get in this series from game to game. You can get the one where they're on fire. You can get the one where all of a sudden their defense is just a, a, a matador. You can get the one where the defense is a stone wall. You can get the one where they run out in transition. You can get the one where all of a sudden Jordan Poole lights fire and becomes a new number two option. You can get the one where he tanks and does nothing. There's so many different variations of Golden State that have shown up at different points in this series, even in the same game. And you can't bank on yourself to be able to consistently say, yeah, this performance is good enough. If you're go if you're the Boston Celtics and not be able to pull away when it counts. You can't do that. It was up to you. How bad do you want this? How much are you going to be able to look at yourself in the locker room in the mirror, look at each other? And tell yourself when when they are struggling, we've got to make every possession count. That's the only way you're gonna beat this Golden State team. It ain't gonna be just defense wins championships. It's not. It's not. There's got to be a consistent, streamlined level of offense. If we get a turnover, it's guaranteed we're gonna make it. No ifs, ands, or buts. Either we make it or we get fouled. If we get a turnover, we if we either we make it or we get fouled. 
If they lose the ball, it's a guaranteed bucket. That's the man, that's the mindset you have to have. Because right now in the half court, y'all, what the word's going on with y'all? Boston? You can't control the half court setting when y'all got size. You can't control the 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 the, the full court fast break setting. Because y'all can't capitalize. So right now, what the word are you going to be able to do? You can't take over in the fourth quarter. Y'all, you keep giving up the third quarter. You're able, you, outside of one game, you weren't able to build a big lead in the second half and th- that carried over to nullify the third quarter production. Every game is coming down to the wire. Every game, we, we've gotten that feeling. Outside of when they won 120 to, to was 88. Nearly every game, it's been the whole, oh, they're about to blow it again. Doesn't matter about the, well, excuse me, let me rephrase that. I get the caliber of talent that you're facing. Boston, speaking of Boston, speaking about Boston. I get the caliber of talent that you're facing. Former multiple-time MVP. First unanimous MVP, even though I don't think he should have been the first unanimous MVP. But, hey, unanimous MVP. Two of the greatest shooters ever. One of the greatest offensive systems we've ever seen. A deep young core of talent that's got experience in this very setting of the NBA Finals. That still doesn't negate the fact that you still got to do what you got to do. That's not an excuse. That's just... That's, that's just the setting. The story is still yours to write. The setting is what it is, the NBA Finals. The, the, the conflict is the enemy you got to beat, and I don't care how big it is. The responsibility is of you to be able to pull through, especially when you have the means to. This ain't a situation where you're outmatched and outgunned in every way, shape, or form, like what Golden State in Cleveland. Whether you want to say it's in 2015 when everybody was injured except for LeBron, or 2017 to, through 2018 or 2019, if Kevin Durant and Clay didn't get hurt, they would have won that series as well and would have beat Toronto. So outside of that year with Kevin Durant and the year that LeBron didn't have anybody, literally anybody, actually the two years that he had nobody, 2015, and then I think like, what, 2018? Outside of those two? You're not in that same situation. You're not in that caliber of teams that just can't run with them in any way, shape, or form. We're not saying you have no business winning this series. And against Golden State, with the run that they've had, that's the biggest accomplishment that that you can give. On paper. Boston is supposed to be the best pound-for-pound team that that can match up with Golden State. Outside of what Toronto used to be when they had Kawhi. Y'all are the best pound-for-pound top-to-bottom team that can match up with Golden State. You've got size. You've got youth. You've got speed. You've got shooting. You've got defense. You've got length. You've got strength. You've got a good coach. You've got an identity. You have a culture. You got every. You got everything at your disposal. You have there is nothing. Nothing. 
that we can't look at you and say you don't have. Nothing. You've got every, you've got all the tools. Post play, mid range, inside out. You can isolate, pick and roll, drive, shoot threes, throw lobs, switch for mismatches. You get it all. You can switch and you can switch your entire team on defense. Just about you can switch everybody on defense. You can run with them. You can out-muscle them. You've even gotten them in foul trouble multiple times this series. You've gotten everything. So what the world is going on? You don't have the luxury to say we can, we can just win on a whim or thinking that this... That this I'm going to call it mediocrity. You can't think that this mediocrity of play is going to sustain you. And I know they don't. I know Boston fans don't. But this is inexcusable. There wasn't one player on Boston who hit more than 10 field goals. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. wasn't one player that made more than 10 field goals. Not one. I'm not talking about free throws. I'm talking about shots. On the floor shots. Not one made more than 10. That's, no. That's just wrong. Not one made more than 10, but four took more than 10. Like this, this, this is Robert Williams is having an, is having an incredible defensive performance. Al Warford's turning back the clock in terms of what he can do on 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 the ball. He's actually been one of your better defenders guarding Steph. Well, you got people stepping up, but the totality is we're seeing too much inconsistent play. From Boston, when one person steps up, three people step down. And that's not how you're going to be able to win. Everybody has to be on if you want this championship. Golden State understands that. And even with that, they've won when everybody isn't on. Celtics haven't shown that they can win unless everybody is that they can't win. Excuse me. Yeah, no, I said it right. Go to, Boston has not shown that they can win unless everybody's hitting everything on every level. I'm telling you, Boston, it's back to zero zero. You're playing with fire. You are playing with fire. You're playing with fire. You are playing with some dangerous fire. You got to get it together. Because if you don't, this year, you're going to lose the next two. You're going to lose tonight, and then you're going to lose tomorrow. 
Oh, excuse me, you're going to lose game six. It's just, it's, it's, that, that's what's going to happen. Because right now, y'all are showing me more and more that you're just not ready for this level of elite basketball. Not because of your skill set. Not because of your talent. It's because of the fact that you individually, as players, somehow always find a way to shrink. Somehow. Somehow. Somehow, some way, you always find a way to shrink. For a number of years. And I thought you got over the hump with Miami. Now, no. You better find that seventh gear that everybody can tap into. Because you could have killed, you could have gotten, you could have gone for the kill for Golden State uh, last game. You could have. You could have won that game. You should have won that game. Perfectly honest. Outside of Steph, nobody else was having a great game. You should have won that game. Absolutely, you should have won that game. But you let it slip through your fingers. Steph won that game, but at the same and the same breath, I'll say that y'all lost this game. Because even with that dominant performance, you still could have won. You still could have won. You still could have won. I'm shaking my head in disappointment. Because every time, every time, every time I talk about y'all, I watch y'all, I gauge y'all every time you keep selling when it comes to delivering on production. You keep doing it. And if they don't get it together and new NBA Finals champions for your 2021-2022 yeah, season, Golden State Warriors with Steph being finals MVP. That's what we're going to hear. I guarantee you that's what we're going to hear. That's what we're going to hear. And it's all unless you all in Boston step it up. Get it together. Talk, Connick. Get it together. Get it together. Shoot, man. I'm hot. It's 98 over here in Charlotte. I'm, I am livid. Living. I'm sorry. This is, how I, this is how I guess when I talk about Boston. Every time I want to talk about Boston, I get heated because of this mess right here. Every stinking time. Every stinking time. We're going to see what happens with Boston tonight. I have I have Golden State winning this game and next game. We're going to see if they can actually follow through. So, leave a like on the video. Share it. Post it anywhere that you can think of. Share it with anybody that you know. Subscribe. Please subscribe. And let's make this an incredible community together. Peace and love. We out. Can't wait to see y'all in the next episode.